This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. As you know, we have uh, a while back, a few months back, we began a teaching on the purpose of the family. And a lot of things have gone forth as uh, we've gone because we've spent months on this subject of the purpose of the family. And you know, everything is important. You know, as I even, you know, I went back over one of the messages that were ministered. And you hear things that you didn't hear before. It's like, an, and it ministers to you in a different way, in a different light. Uh, it's real important that you go, you know, and to me, I look at it this way. The messages that go here, all the teachings, you know, you may not be able to listen to all these teachings, but God is going to minister to you where you're actually listening, where you're actually going over. You, go, you should go over. If something ministered to you, you should definitely spend time with it and let it minister to you some more because that's how, that's how you're going to grow. That's how we're going to grow in the things of God. But we began the teaching on the purpose of the family. And uh, these last two sessions have been focusing on the male, the male factor. The man and his role, his, uh, his responsibility, I like to call it, in the marriage covenant. So I want you to go back. I want you to go to the two passages of scripture that we began last week was in Genesis chapter two. And in then Matthew chapter 19, so when you're there, say amen. We'll begin in Genesis chapter two. And then we'll run to Matthew 19 and we'll stay there. But I had made some statements and I had said, let us remember that from the start of this teaching, you know, it's very important. The start of this teaching series, the whole series, it was stated that every believing family has a call from God. And we stated the call was to produce spiritually and emotionally established believers who in turn get God's redemptive work done on the earth. So the whole purpose is to establish spiritually and emotionally established, produce spiritually and emotionally established believers who in turn will get God's redemptive work done in the earth. That's our goal. You know, the, we, we spoke last week and we're going to continue about the highest call in the home. The, uh, the highest call, the, 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 highest, the highest priority, the thing that should be highest is the direction of our home. And the direction of our home should be based on God's purpose alone. It should not be based on anything else. And, and we're going to go back over that statement. But it's very important that we understand that the beginning of the family is another statement that's made in our teaching notes is the marriage between male and a female. So we understand that the marriage begins with a male and a female. But before the marriage, we will find a single individual male and a single individual female. And that state of being unmarried is of utmost importance. Why is it so important as it pertains to marriage? Because... Purpose doesn't start at the marriage covenant. It actually, no, it must be in place before the marriage covenant. Why? Because purpose is from the very beginning. It didn't start at the marriage covenant. It started before the marriage covenant. God purposes everything and then he gets to work. He puts it into motion. But the purpose is already established. Think about Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus didn't redeem us when we were redeemed. Specifically, how could I say? When we came to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that's not when Christ redeemed us. The Lord, the Bible says that Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. He said, no, it is finished. Do you know that God knew you would accept him? 
He knew that you would be here this day. He knew those who would hear and respond to his call. Now, how he, you know, the thing is, getting into details about how he knows who's going to be saved and who's not. The whole thing is, you have an opportunity to receive. He still, how awesome is that? He knows, but he gives every man the opportunity to call upon his name. Every man will, will not be able to stand before God and say, I didn't know the gospel message. I didn't hear it. I didn't have an opportunity to receive it. No, everyone has that opportunity to receive it. So, God's work of purpose starts before man starts working. But purpose is from the very beginning. So, no, purpose must be in place before the marriage of the covenant. Why? Because purpose is from the very beginning. And this is exactly the place that Jesus took the Pharisees, and we're going to go over that, in his days here on earth, as they questioned him regarding marriage. Go to Genesis chapter 2. Are you there? Let's start. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. And we're going, to take, we're going to read quite a few verses here. And the Lord God took man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. So the subject right here is what God is going to do for man. He's actually going to bring him a help me from this point on. Verse, eight, verse 18 and, out of, and verse 19. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle, and to the fowl of the air, and to the, every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found in help meet for him. So he's still looking. God is not. He's teaching Adam something about a help meet. What is going to help him do what God has called him to do? Verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Let's stop right there. So the whole thing is, what I want you to understand is God is talking about purpose. And Adam understands that for purpose sake, verse 24, therefore shall a man leave father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife. I want you to understand something about purpose. And, and, we're gonna, and I'm going to give you this, this definition. I'm going to go back over it in a little bit so you can write it. But I want you to think of the leaving and cleaving process of the marriage as the thing that solidifies the marriage relationship for the purpose of God. And we'll go back over that. But the leaving and cleaving process, it's going to make or break that marriage. Because if you don't leave and cleave correctly, you're going to find frustration. You're going to find things that are just are not going to go right. And, you're, and the thing that's going to lack is the thing that God looks for, which was purpose. See, God created male and female for a purpose. And that purpose... As we, and we'll read it in Malachi, and you can read it in other places. It's, he's seeking a godly seed. He's seeking 
something. The whole, the first thing that I made mention is to produce spiritually and established, spiritually and emotionally established believers who in turn will get God's redemptive work done on earth. That's his, that's the thing we're focusing on. So everything in between the work that we have, the responsibilities that we have, if we don't take care of those responsibilities, the work is what it affects. And God understands that. So he says, I need you to understand how important the leaving and the cleaving process is to your marriage. And I told you, leaving and cleaving, and, and I told you, if I gave you a question, said, okay, because it says, therefore shall a man leave father, mother, and cleave to his wife, and they shall be one flesh, is what the scripture says. So I asked a question, does the leaving and cleaving process begin when you find a wife? And most times people think, you know, that's when I'm supposed to leave my father and mother. Of course, naturally, you should leave your father and your mother and cleave to your wife. But that process needs to begin, that teaching process needs to begin in the home. Because if you don't teach your children how to leave, your males how to leave and cleave, they're always going to be dependent. They're always going to seek your security in other things. They're always going to have somebody else to try to make them. And then they're, they're not established in their marriage to be the men that they need to be. That's why there's so much frustration in the home. That's why we made mention that the highest priority in, in the home is the direct, the highest priority is the direction of the home and it can only go where the male is headed. Remember what I said that? The thing is, it didn't say that the highest priority is where the male is headed. Because some males are not headed in the right direction. See, you can look at that and say, well, the highest priority in my home is, is the, no, the highest priority in the home is the direction of the home. And it's going to go exactly where my husband's going. So I'm going to just follow my husband because he has that's the highest priority. But that's what some people think that now I need to submit to everything that my husband, because these he's got the highest priority in the home and he doesn't necessarily have the highest priority in his life. He just the influence that I told you that directed you, but he's not the highest priority. The highest priority is the direction of the home. And God already set that from the very... See, he didn't set that when the marriage covenant began. He set that before the marriage covenant. Purpose is already established before the marriage covenant. See, this is my direction. This is what I want. But I need you and you to get it done. So he said, no, that's not where purpose starts. You don't, you don't, you don't dictate purpose. Purpose is already there. So, Genesis, go back to Matthew chapter 19 now. And we're going to stay with Matthew 19 for just some time. For spend some time in Matthew 19. And then we're just, this is just quick review real quick. And we will quickly review because we're going to spend some time with leaving and cleaving the day. Verse, chapter 19. Let's start at verse 1. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these things, he departed from Galilee and came unto the coast of Judea beyond Jordan. And great multitudes followed him and he healed them there. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? So the question is, I'm gonna, I, I want to challenge you. I'm going to try to trip you up pretty much because I want to see if you're going to come against Moses and the law. It's pretty much what they were doing because they came tempting him. They wanted to catch him and snare him. So will he come against Moses? Because they thought highly of Moses and the law. And they thought they were keepers of Moses and the law and, his, and the law that was given to him. So it says, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, Have you not heard, have you not read, I'm sorry, 
that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female. And he said, For this cause, who said? God said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. For what cause? For the purpose of marriage. For the purpose that I've established in marriage. Shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man, no man put asunder. They said unto him, Why did, then, why did Moses then command, give, command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? And he said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffer you to put away your wives. From, but from the, very be, from the beginning, it was not so. You notice that he's still going back to the beginning. He said, I'm not, see, I, I like what one commentator said. He didn't go to, he didn't go to Deuteronomy. He didn't go to the law. He went back to the beginning. He says, you're trying to legalize things with me. You're trying to be legal with me and I'm taking you back to purpose. See, and I told you this. This is the problem with people in marriage. You can always find some legal way to put away somebody. You can legally be right in what you do. Legally. But with God, He's always going to say, let me take you back to purpose. And only people that are interested in purpose are those that will stay together. You know that there's a statistic in the United States that 40 to 50% of marriages end in divorce. That's almost close to half of everybody that gets married gets a divorce. But the only reason that happens is because purpose is not at the forefront. They find legal ways, well, incompatibility. Uh, this or that. And there are certain things, there are certain things that are cause for a divorce, which is adultery. There are certain things that, things, there's things that happen, but even at that, the adulterer does not have God's purpose at heart to begin with. So that's why it's like, no, I can legally have an affair with somebody else because he is not treating me right. We're incompatible. Somebody else is treating me better. This, this, or that. Now we're getting to the point where we're playing legal games. This is why I did it. And God is like, no, you never had purpose in heart. Pur marriage belongs to those that have purpose at heart. Period. Marriage doesn't belong. Did you hear what I just said? Marriage doesn't belong just to the Christian. It belongs to the Christian that has purpose at heart. That means just because you're a Christian and I'm a Christian doesn't make us prime for marriage. And what I mean by that is God is, there's an expectation. Okay, let's say that you don't have purpose at heart and you get married. God still has the expectation that you're going to have purpose at heart. He said, no, you're going to have, sometimes you have to find purpose to stay married. The thing is, marriage, think about marriage in this fashion. It is that which establishes the marriage covenant. Nothing else can establish a marriage covenant but, but purpose. I told you this one. Why can't anything establish the marriage covenant but purpose? It's because everything else changes. She will. That, that, that trophy wife that you think that you married... Whatever they, you just say, this is my trophy wife. Whatever you think, and I'm talking to the males, she's going to get dust on her. She's going to get wrinkles. She's going to get things. She's going to have gray hair. All these things are going to come to a human being. These things are going to get old. Things are going to happen. Things that you don't even think may happen could happen. But purpose is still at the forefront. 
You know, they could get sick on you. You may have to take care of them. They may have to take care of you. But purpose is still at the forefront. So all, none of that things can... Because it's easy to let go. It's easy to run away from something. It's easy to run away from something when something gets hard. That's the easy thing to do. The thing to do is to find purpose in a marriage and establish your marriage on purpose. Not on anything else. Because if you, don't, if you establish your marriage on anything else... You are looking, or you are heading for failure. It's not gonna, it's not gonna happen for you. So I want you to stay there. Stay in Matthew. I want you. Where are we gonna go? We're we're gonna stay in Matthew for a while. Going back to the highest priority is the direction of the home, and it can only go where the male is headed. And I made mention once again. Doesn't mean the male is the direction of the home. His influences, his influence will set the direction of the home. His, the male's influence, but where the man gets his influence is the way, is the direction you're going to the direction you're going to be going. Not just because he's the male, you know, he doesn't establish the direction of the home; he just sets it. And I gave you an example of direction, and I'm going to give you that definition again. The word direction means the line which anything lies, faces, or moves, with reference to the point of region towards which it is directed. The word direction means the line which anything lies, faces or moves, with reference to the point of region towards which it is directed. And I gave you an example of Google Maps. I thought that was a good example because in Google Maps, if you visualize it, when you input your direction of where you want to go, you put it and you put your starting place, the starting point, and it takes you from that. And once you hit, you input it, it actually draws a line from where you're at to where you need to be. It doesn't give you the details along the way. It just draws the line from where you are at to where you need to be. It's interesting that you don't get details until you start moving towards the direction. But the thing is, it draws this line to your direction and that is the direction. That is the place that I need to be. Well, I told you this, the male is the one driving this vehicle and he is the one that's inputting that direction. His influence sets that direction. It's not, I'm going to set it. This is where I need to be. And I told you, he could know, you could know that I need to be here and you know that's the direction, but he inputs a different direction, a different address. He's not going to go where he needs to go. He's, where he's going to go where he wants to go. See, that's the influence of marriage. Whatever has influenced this male in the marriage, he's going to direct his family in it. And if you don't have the highest priority in your home, the highest word in your heart, you're going to follow, and I said, a foolish man. Because there is, there is people in the scriptures that there was a fool. Think about Nabal. Abigail was not a foolish woman. She understand that, no, this brother does not have God's purpose in heart, and I can't follow him. But she knew how to submit to him. She knew, see, the thing is, the scriptures tell you, and it plainly tells you, and this is not my subject, we're not going to get in. It plainly tells the wives or the husband, if, if they're not pleased to dwell with you, then there's an opportunity to do what you have to do. But if a man is pleased to dwell with you, that means he's not stopping you from heading in the direction. He's not stopping you. Because to me, what is the most important thing in a marriage that's produced? It's the seed. So whatever I am actually dealing with as a husband and wife, that is going to affect my children. They're going to be influenced by exactly how I live my life, the direction I go. You can't expect them to go any other direction 
unless they've been influenced by somebody else greater. But you've got to understand, you are that great influence in your home. So I want you to go to... Are we going to go there yet? Let's see. I want to see if I'm going to get to the new information as of yet. Let's go. Stay in Matthew chapter 19. Let's start at verse 3. Let's read this again. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. I want you to write this down, and we made mention of it. Let's talk about the leaving and cleaving process. I told you that the, the process, I need you to think of the leaving and cleaving process as the process that solidifies the marriage covenant relationship for the purpose of God. The word solidify means to make, or solidifying means to make solid, to unite firmly or consolidate. I like the word consolidate. So we're going to spend some time with that. To make solid to unite firmly or consolidate. Once again, solidifying or solidify is to make solid. To unite firmly or consolidate. To consolidate means to bring together separate parts into a single unified whole. To bring together separate parts into a single unified whole. So in a marriage, you are two separate individuals. But this leaving and cleaving process is a solidifier to that marriage covenant, that marriage relationship. Because it's going to bring together separate parts into a single unified whole. Because you have to be, there, there must be unity in your marriage covenant as it pertains to bringing forth the purpose of God. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. I need you to write, these are very important words. This Greek word, to leave, is... Liepo, I'm going to say it that way. And it's spelled L-E-I-P-O, which means to leave. L-E-I-P-O. The Greek word to leave means, the Greek word in, in the Greek is liepo, which means to leave. But the word used here, the way Jesus used it, it's used in an intensified form. It's not just, it uses two words. Okay? It brings two Hebrew words together, two Greek words, I'm sorry. The first word is kata. K-A-T-A, and then liepo. So it's kata liepo is what he used. He didn't, just, he didn't just say a man needs to leave. He spoke of how he needs to leave. He didn't just say, okay, leave. He spoke it in a, an intensified manner to show the importance of how important this word is. So the word kata liepo, which means to abandon completely. Not just how. It's just not leaving. It means abandon completely. To abandon completely, to leave and cleave. It says, therefore shall a man leave, kata liepo, not just leave. It doesn't speak about just the word leave. It talks about how he's leaving. It's interesting. Anybody can leave, but not just anybody can, not everybody abandons completely. And, and you'll understand what I'm saying in a minute. To understand these words, let's talk about the word intensify. To make intense or more intense is what intensified means. To make intense or more intense. Existing or occurring in a high extreme or degree. 
It's existing or occurring in a high extreme or degree. So you start looking at this word. He says, therefore shall a man leave. He said, no, I'm not just talking about you getting up and going. I'm talking about an attitude you have. How you get up and go. How you leave a situation. You know, it also talks about this word intense. It means strenuous or earnest activity. Strenuous or earnest activity, exertion, diligence, and thought. He said, there's work to this process. It's not just, I'm going to leave. That's why I'm saying it's not just you getting married and you getting out of your home and getting to your own home. That's not just leaving there. What you should do, you should have a place where you can take your wife. That, that, is, all, that is all right. But God, what he's saying is, I'm talking about a way you're supposed to leave. Not just leaving. I'm, show, I'm going to show you this intensified word. And the word cleave, it speaks in the same manner, in an intensified manner. It's just not cleave. It's using an intensified word. The word cleave is pro, proskalao. It's an intense, and I want to spell it. It's P-R-O-S-K-O-L-L-A-O. And I'm going to go over these words. This is going to make so much sense to you. P-R-O-S-K-O-L-L-A-O. It's an intensified word which means to connect up. The word just kalao means to connect up. But the word pro kalao means to glue together. I'm just not connecting up with you. I'm making sure that I'm stuck to you. I'm gluing myself to you. See, both of these words, it's not just I'm leaving and I'm cleaving. It's how I'm leaving and it's how I'm going to cleave. And I told you that this word, this word, the, the, the leaving and cleaving process, it's a solidifier. It solidifies the marriage covenant for the purpose of God. It makes sure that, hey, they're solid. It's as strong. When things come against them, they're going to stay together. And see, that's all. See, you've got to understand this whole thing that the Pharisees started was, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And God is like, for you, it is not lawful. It is not right. See, even when you find a way that is lawful, let me go back. Even when you find a way that is lawful, he said, I'm taking you back to my purpose. And what the reason I made male and female, my purpose in this is, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife and they shall be one flesh. I'm looking for a unity in your marriage that's so strong that nothing is going to keep you from fulfilling God's purpose. But this process will do that for you. These, I want to read something. I want you to go to the book of Ruth. Let's talk about how Ruth left. The book of Ruth, chapter 1. Let's examine the intensity of two individuals leaving and cleaving. That would be Ruth and Elijah, but we're going to stay with Ruth today. Ruth chapter 1. Let me get to Ruth. I'm right here. Ruth chapter 1 and we will start. Where do I want to start? I don't want to read all that. So let's just give you a background. So we understand for those that don't know the book of Ruth. Ruth was a Moabitess. She was from the land of Moab. And uh, 
Naomi and uh, Elimelech, which was her husband, they were in the land of Bethlehem, Judah, and there was a famine, so they decided to go to Moab to dwell for a season. And it was a long season. It was not just a short season. They dwelt there for some time. They took two sons with them. But in the process of time, the two sons, first, the husband passed away. So Naomi was left with just her two sons and her. And they took wives to themselves. And I believe the scripture says that after they took wives, they were there ten years. And after these, this, this time, this process, the two sons died. So now Naomi is left with two daughter-in-laws. And she's not, she doesn't have her sons. She doesn't have her husband. And we'll start off on verse 7. Then she arose with her daughter-in-laws. This is Naomi. And she, that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of, of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Wherefore, she went forth out of the place where she was, and her two daughter-in-laws with her, and they went on the way to return into the land of, the, of Judah. So they both were leaving with her. They both getting up and they're going. And Naomi said unto her two daughter-in-laws, Go, return each to her mother-in-law. The Lord deal kindly with you, as he, you have dealt with me dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. We will leave our people. Saying it's like, hey, we're going to leave our people. We're going to go to your people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will you go with me? What's the reason? Are there, any yet, are there yet any more sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If you should say, if I should say, I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight and should also bear sons, would you tarry for them till they were grown? Why would you stay for them from having, why would you stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sake, that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Orpah, which was one of the daughter-in-laws, kissed her mother-in-law. But Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister, she told Ruth, is gone. Thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after her, thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more. If aught but death depart me, part me from thee, thee from me. And when she saw that she was steadfastly mine to go with her, then she left speaking. To me, Ruth's statements in this scripture are ideal for the marriage covenant. Ideal. Because it, it, it isn't, cause to me, there's so many truths can be, that can be found in this passage of scripture. Not only of the wife's commitment to follow her, of her and based on her plea not to be kept not to be kept from following after him her with that said we can also see that the husband's responsibility of dressing and keeping though hidden the man's responsibility of leaving and keeping can be found here and you may ask how what you do and don't do in your relationship with your wife or your of your covenant can either solidify or tear apart put away push away the marriage relationship see it's interesting you should see entreat me not. The word entreat me, I want you to write this. Entreat me not. Ruth's response, it says she was, it was a plead. 
to speak in an encouraging particular way to make something happen. It was a push. I'm pleading with you. I want to push you away. And Ruth's entreatment, it says, entreat me not to leave thee, nor to return from following thee. See, a lot of times, we, and once again, we go back to the marriage covenant. It's easy to find ways to leave a certain situation. And to me, when, I, when, when you're bound, the wife does not want to put away. Malachi's issue was these people wanted to put their wives away. He says, no, it, it, it's interesting to know that when a, when a person is bound to one another, that bound is strong. And, there's, and, and to, to me, and I, I remember what our pastor said, when someone divorces, it's like somebody rips something apart. And it's hard to put people back together when they're ripped apart. It's hard to become what you need to become in a state where you're just torn apart. And Ruth was like, I entreat, I entreat me not to leave thee nor return from following thee. See, a lot of times we in our, in our state, we need to find the areas where we, I, and I said the leaving and cleaving process. It's interesting. Leaving and cleaving, think about what happens in a home. In the home, children are dependent. They're dependent not only financially, but they're dependent in other areas. They expect things. They expect security. There's validation going on. And certain things should happen in the home. But after this child is of age, there should be a security in them. That they know what they need to do. Think about what happens in marriages when a person, when a husband doesn't want to leave and cleave. Remember, this word leave, it's interesting. The word abandoned completely, I thought about burn one's bridges. It's so interesting. It's easy to leave something. Like, think about a, 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 a relationship, just a boyfriend and girlfriend relationship. Say, well, yeah, I left him. He left me. But I still have his number. I still have his contact information. I still follow him on Facebook. I still have all these followings. I see his Instagram account. I see all... You haven't left him. There's not a complete abandonment there. See, in the marriage covenant, there has to be a complete abandonment in the marriage covenant as it pertains to your wife, as it pertains to what God is doing in your marriage. The simple reason is she has to know that she is the most important thing besides God, after God. She has to know that. Because if you have this, this boyish attitude, insecure attitude, that somebody has to make me, then you think that you still have to run with your boys. You still think that you have to prove something to people as it pertains to your... Think about this. I want you to write down, burn your bridges. It's, it's interesting where this word comes from, to burn one's bridges. And we're, gonna, we're almost finished with this portion today. Burn one's bridges. Originally, it's a military, in the military sense, of, an intent, of intentionally cutting off one's own retreat. You're intentionally cutting off one's own retreat. Think about burning a bridge one has already crossed to commit oneself to a course of action. So there's certain things in our marriage as, as we go, not in our marriage, in, in your single state that you have to be able to burn the bridge. That means there is no retreat. There's no going back to that. There's certain things you can never go back to as, as a husband. Never go... That's why it's so important to tell you the truth. Friends that I hang with that are single, that's out of the question. Why do you want to hang? Now, it doesn't say that I don't know a single individual brother or that I don't talk to a single individual brother. People talk to me here, but you know, I don't hang a lot, a lot, a lot with a, a bunch of married folks. I mean, that, 
outside of fellowships. I'm talking about, okay, uh, me, and, me and Brother Hasten, we're just going to go run tonight and we're going to go to run in areas that I would like. Now, I don't go to places that I shouldn't go. But just say that, hey, I have a habit of going to places where I... Just say it's a place where singles hang out. And I want to take Minister Hastings. You know, I want to take Minister Martin to this place. There are certain bridges that they should have burned that I'm like, there's no retreat. I don't go back to that stuff. I'm not even tempted to go back to those things. Or even certain things in your relationships as your home. Let's say that your father and your mother have a certain opinion of how you, do, you should do things and you've heard from God. And that, let's say this, let's say that the, it was a Sarah episode and Sarah gave you some wisdom. Your wife gave you some wisdom about your hand. And they understood that your wife gave you that, inst- that, 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 that understanding. So they want to say, well, you know, you should lead your home. You're the man. You should do this or you should do that. You should direct your home. And all of a sudden... You take an, uh, an advice that you shouldn't take. And she's seen as not as important as somebody else in your life. See, all those things can make or break a relationship. To me, think about it. And I made a statement and I want to read it. As it pertains to the man in, le- in the leaving and cleaving process, this is in regards to the thought pattern or the heart attitude that a man should have in this process. And I want you to listen to these two thought patterns. It should be more than what I can. Their thought pattern should be more than what can I leave behind to cleave or give myself to my wife for God's purpose. So the statement was, what can I leave behind? What bridge can I burn to cleave or give myself to my wife for God's purpose? And that's a good statement. Ask that question. But listen to this. That sounds good and though right, but to me... To line up with what we're attempting to get across in this teaching, that's just leaving. But remember, the word is used in an intensified manner. He's like, no, it's how you leave. So listen to this. It should be more intensified. It should be a more intensified thought pattern or heart attitude. That is, there is nothing that I wouldn't do or nothing that I wouldn't leave behind to burn or burn or bid bridge burn to draw near to cleave and give myself to my wife for God's purpose. So there's a difference. What can I find? And you're saying there's nothing that I would not leave. There's no bridge I wouldn't burn to draw close to my wife, to cleave to my wife for the purpose of God. See, to me, when a wife and, and, and I can only speak by what I've heard, what I've seen, if you look at me, if I were to get married, I would be a novice in marriage. I really would as it pertains to the, the, uh, the, the experience, what happens in marriage. Even though I've been taught certain things, I'm still a novice in this marriage covenant because this is new for me, new ground. So when I speak, to me it's very interesting when a wife knows that you have this intensified attitude... There's nothing that she will hold back from you. As a, I, I think about the statement my pastor would make regarding his wife. And he would tell the brothers in this ministry, there's no way you can love your wife more than I love mine. Remember the statement? There's no way. But then he also made the statements, there's nothing that I would withhold from her. So because he wouldn't withhold certain things from her, and it was all because how they left, how they were leaving, and how they would cleave in their home. 
there was a solidifying going on in their marriage covenant that I'm stuck for you with life. I'm good. I'm just not leaving certain things. I am abandoning them completely just to be with you. See, the attitude that I need my boys, and I'm talking about single young men, single young brothers. The attitudes that I need somebody are... The thing is, those attitudes, they, should, they need to be developed in the home. Not only does a single brother have to worry about that, but the parents in the home have to teach it in an intensified manner. Not just... You can't just, you know, how they treat their girlfriends. How they, tr- how they respond to their boyfriends. There are certain things. How they respond to the opposite sex. How they do certain things in their home. It has to be taught. Son, you have to leave. There are certain attitudes that you have to have when you're gonna, if you're interested in a female. And the thing about it is we have to understand this is all about solidifying this relationship. I have to solidify this relationship. Because once again, I've told you, we can find legal ways to put things away. And just because... You're not divorced doesn't mean she wasn't put away. You can put things away in your home and your marriage and not be divorced at all. You can say, you know what? This is not important to me. I'm doing my own thing. I'm setting my own course. And she's frustrated. And Minister Minister Hasten made mention, that's where the manipulation comes in. Those things that manipulations in the marriage about the games that y'all play, that people play in their marriages... It all comes to because I'm being legal with somebody and I don't have purpose in mind. I can legally do this and you can legally do it. There's a lot of things you can... You, you, about Jesus said it this way, all things are lawful for you. Paul said it. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are expedient. Not all things are good for me. So I'm not going to be brought under the power of any of those things. To me, the wife of your covenant is who you chose. That's who you chose. And you should make a decision. How can I leave? What, what kind of bridges can I burn? What kind of bridges have I not burned? What kind of things can I solidify in my home? See, the thing about it is how you leave and cleave to your wife, it's exactly how your son is going to leave and cleave to his wife. Because they have nothing. The, the importance you put on her is the importance he's going to put on her. The effort that you make to go towards her is the effort he's going to make to go towards his wife. The going out of his way that you do for your wife is the way he's going to go out of a way for his wife. The things you put importance before your wife are the things that he's going to be tempted to put importance before his wife. If the game on Sunday is more important than spending time with your wife, that's exactly what he's going to put before his wife. And there's nothing wrong with games. There's nothing wrong. There's, there's things that you've got to understand. They're, they're not wrong for you to do. But there should be a balance in what you do. And in that balance, she should be on the scale that tips that balance. That goes to the side where it's, she, it's, it's, all a, it's, it's more about her than anything else. In the home. And I, once again, I'm not talking about foolishness. It's more about her than it is of God. Because once again, we talked about that in two Sundays ago about making your spouse deity. They are not deity. But in the marriage covenant, they are the most important. In the marriage covenant, she is the most important individual in your life. And if she doesn't feel like the most important individual in your life, then you have not done your job. If she doesn't feel like the most important individual in your life, 
you are behind and you need to get working because she has to feel like the most important. In order, and you may think, well, we don't have any, we're not having children. No, you have children in your home and those children are growing up and you have to teach them how to leave and how to cleave. Stand to your feet because I'm out of time. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net. Thank you.